Welcome into the Tim McAuliffe studio here at Sportsnet for the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. We are live on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6. E.T. One of my favorite movies. Really? I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Finger. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh... That's the best review of the movie I've ever heard. The yeah, Finger. There's a finger involved at some point. All right, guys. Uh, Leaf Edition. We're glad you're aboard. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, and Frank the Tank. Baraska. Big shout out to his family. Uh, we can talk certainly about the Leafs in Florida, and we will, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, judging by what I saw out of Florida last night, the Leafs might have their hands full a little bit Boy, that was tonight. A feisty hockey squadron. But Catherine Meowen. In our Leaf edition of the Real Kipper and Bourne show, uh, how do you not touch on what the heck is going on in the Corey Perry Chicago Blackhawk saga? I mean, do we have to make it a Leaf story because it's the Leafs hour? Could no. they sign him? No, I'm no. kidding. The latest has the Chicago Blackhawks putting Corey Perry on waivers for purpose of com, uh, contract termination. The Chicago Blackhawks uh, released a statement earlier today saying that he is on, on unconditional waivers for the purpose of contract termination. They did an internal investigation, according to Chicago, and it's been determined that Corey Perry has engaged in conduct that is unacceptable and in violation of both the terms of his standard players contract and the Blackhawks internal policies intended to promote professional and safe work environments. Mm -hmm. Such as Corey Perry has been placed on unconditional waivers in the event that he clears waivers, we intend to terminate his contract effective immediately. We went through this a little bit yesterday, and we don't have to rehash it, uh, but it continues to be this snowball, like heading right towards Chicago, Corey Perry, the whole organization, and even the NHL. What what has transpired in the last three to four days, guys, for me, being around this game a long time, mm-hmm. is as uh, just unprofessional as I've seen. Oh, Unprofessional from whom? Everybody involved. Absolutely everybody. Really? When I've watched what's happened and how this freight train has just gone through social media. Oh, God. And the people that it's dragged with. Yeah. That if they were a little bit more forthcoming, and I'm not saying share things that uh, are internal or that have legal ramifications. Right. I'm just saying if they were just have gotten a little ahead of it. So many people, and some innocent people and families, and I'll say it, Connor Bedard's family. Yeah. They didn't have to go what they went through in the last 48 hours, no, 72 hours. Yeah, they're they're almost a, a victim of the lack of... Information. Information, professionalism, transparency from the Blackhawks, and to your point, maybe the NHL. I don't know, but the the team itself certainly could have spared those people some of this misery. Who are not involved, by like, the way. If, if, you're, if you're willing today, if you're the Chicago Blackhawks and you're willing today to say internal investigation, just say it four days ago. What's the difference? 
You know, that's such a good point. It's like if you're investigating something, people just need to know you're investigating something. So you're going to give me the impression now that if you did an internal investigation, all you're doing by 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 saying you're you've you after Mm -hmm. once you stipulate after an internal investigation, what you're really telling me is that if there wasn't anything determining our findings, right, we could have snuck this. Under the rug, uh-huh. we wouldn't have. Would we have mentioned that we had an internal investigation, but we found nothing? And Corey Perry's welcome back on the team. Would we really believe that they would have said that? No, they found something before. So you're saying they've known for some days that no, there's no. something. What I'm saying is, when there's an internal investigation, it's okay to share that there's an internal investigation, mm-hmm. and we'll get back to you. We have no other comments. Yeah. But we will get back to you. There's an internal investigation. We're looking into it. Whatever the case is, and if if there wasn't any findings, then own it, right? And but to think in today's day and age, you can keep secrets, or you can determine what you want to put out, what you can't, and there would it's all going to come out anyways. Yes, it is. I assure you, it is, and they should know that better than any organization, for God's sake. Exactly, JB. Who would know this better than the Chicago they just Blackhawks? Purged everyone who was involved in the last cover-up. I don't understand the lack of at least trying to be as honest as you can be, mm-hmm. not giving it all away. But don't make people protect whoever don't is make involved. people drag other innocent families. Yeah. In this, I was just disgusted. Yeah. By the things yeah, that are out about there. It. Yeah on social media while people sat and watched it continue minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, and nobody stood up and said, stop it. It's almost to the point now where it's like, you'll never be able to undo some of the damage because people just believe what they want to believe. They catch a piece of it in passing. Uh, You know, Sammy, you and I have talked about like getting messages about this from people you know, they think because we work at Sportsnet, you know, we're going to have some information. Getting messages from people I haven't spoken to in 20 years. I no would, joke, 20 years in a couple cases. I would say of all the news stories over the last little while involved with hockey, nothing has come close to the amount of messages I've received about this story. Yeah. And I think that it wouldn't, you wouldn't have gotten close to it if, alluding to your point, just on the first day, it's an internal investigation. We're trying to figure out what happened. Instead of silence, letting everybody come to their own Listen, right? I, I, this isn't like Sam the Butcher down the street asking me. This is real hockey people talking to real hockey people going, is this true? Yeah. No, I know. And but so I know I can't. We don't know. We don't know the exact details of whatever. And, and so don't want to speculate. But it doesn't, you know, it's not the rumors, the worst case, most salacious rumors possible. And frankly, if it were Kip, I mean, that's not grounds to terminate a $4 million contract. Listen, uh, there, there's, there's no judging here what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. There's, not, right? Not what we're right? doing. It's not what we're doing here. Um, but this is now up to Corey Perry. Like, hey, Corey, not sure if you listen to the show or not, but you're going to have to come out and say something or or not say something but regardless 
it's your move here. And I, well, I would say though that also, you know, there is, um, I saw a tweet from, I think it was Eric Macromel as a lawyer tweeted that like to terminate someone's $4 million contract, you have to clear a pretty high legal bar to show that there were grounds for termination of contract. Right. You know what, uh, you know, listen, I've signed enough of these to understand that, you know, once you're in a, a moral clause, yeah. it's fairly wide open here for, for teams to come to you and say that you, your actions are detrimental to the club. And, and I think those – detrimental is wide so here. My, I, Okay, so that's different from where I was going with it. Okay. My, where I was going with it was that there may have to be some sort of something legal or something beyond the just like he said or did some things we didn't like for it yeah. to be contract termination level stuff. Well, again, where, where, I, where I'm coming from in terms of Corey Perry, it's your move. It's like the Chicago Blackhawks do not want to pay you the rest of your $4 million or I, I'm sure half of it was signing bonus. $2 million signing off the top. So he's already got that. No, believe it or not, it all depends on the language of the contract. Oh, is that right? Yes. Uh, they, Chicago can turn around and say, listen, we're going to prorate this at this event or this where we, we think there was wrongdoing and we want a portion of that signing bonus back. It all depends on the language, sure. I think, of the contract. Okay. So that necessarily isn't guaranteed either. But, hey, Corey, you're going to just fade off into the sunset you want to file a grievance with your players association what are you doing here by not filing for a grievance do you admit wrongdoing here mm. so you're going to fight it you're not going to fight it well i mean you're right but you know if something happened and it happened and you're cory perry then you just kind of got to go yeah that does violate this morals clause and i guess i'm you're right. Then you would still want him to speak up and sort of listen. It's clarify. not speaking up and not grieving. It says something to mm-hmm. the hockey world, doesn't it? Yes, it does. And so today, uh, Kyle Davidson, the GM of the Chicago Blackhawks, is going to speak uh, five o'clock Eastern time. We're going to try. Sammy, to... Is there a chance that we can get that? We are endeavoring. I am sending my silence as many emails. I am sending at the moment texts. Okay. I'm actually producing. Right now, Woo-hoo. I know. Look at you. It's very rare. Happy smoking it's over there. It's very rare that yeah. this guy that sits here and gives out mediocre hockey takes actually produces. But I'm trying. I'm trying. Right, so I we think may carry some of yeah. that and have to see what the Blackhawks have to say. We'll see how directly they address some of these rumors. Um, it does. I mean, anything less than a statement today would have been ridiculous. So they have a, a public statement. They'll do some talking about it, and and then yeah, it seems like he'll clear waivers, terminate the contract, and he will be eligible eligible to sign somewhere else where he likely won't because what team will want to deal with him after well that's that's it in a nutshell and again how much like if no one from i, I do get messages kept the least fans are like huh well sammy here sammy sammy. Well, but before you knew yeah well anything. i mean sammy had visions of him no, I, maybe I would terminate it like, and coming to Toronto. I did not. I can't. I am the leader of the Corey Perry hate club. I do not want Corey Perry. <laughs> okay. Corey Perry right. is okay, this is old hate with Corey Perry. Group, then. This is old hate with Corey if, Perry. Yes. Are, are we in a hate. world today where yes, if, if there wasn't any more details or any more information, if it by chance ends here? Mm-hmm. 
do you think teams would be interested in adding Corey Perry this year? I think it really depends on the details of this. If it, but was, if it doesn't come out, or is there too many then, question marks? What? Do you think fan bases today would go? Okay, there's something there. I don't know what it is, but I don't want him on the team well, as long as I don't know what it was. It's going to be rumor dependent, right? Because if the rumor and understanding is that it's like, oh, it was infidelity and it was some, you know, whatever, people are going to be like, who cares? You know, like it's, that happens in the world and maybe other people feel, but like in the NHL, if you didn't have a player on your team for that reason, there might be a couple teams with less players. That's all I'm saying. If it's something legal, then I think that you have a lot more people saying, I don't want that, you know, around our team. That could be different. I think what the public narrative is about the Perry situation here is going to determine his ability to play again in the NHL. Here's what I'll say about interest. I'm sure there's some general managers in the National Hockey League trying to figure out what happened, not just yes. just to see. Perry was on pace for like 50 points yep. or something on top of the rest of the things as a hockey player people like, so they would like to have him presuming he's not done something it's got to be pretty bad, though. It's got to be pretty bad. So I don't think we'll see you know, him. And I personally don't think you'll see him in the league this year. But what do I know? I'm speculating. Talk radio. I don't know. I have no answers. Okay, listen, we're going to maybe see what happens between uh, now and a little after 5 p.m. where we expect general manager Kyle Davidson to to speak. I don't, we'll, we'll work on maybe going live there, um, and we'll just leave it at that for now. Sure. We'll revisit in an hour. Okay. The Toronto Maple Leafs match up with the Panthers at home tonight. Scotiabank Arena for the first time since last year's playoff series. First time at home. What did that's, I say? That's what I mean. Because I, I typed it in there. I forgot that they played early in the year. So I just made a little at edit. Home. So that would be correct. At if, home. Yeah. They lost in Florida early, very early in yeah. the season. Um, the first time we thought they sucked. The, the Panthers. Yeah. No, the Leafs. Oh, yeah. That was like the first time we were worrying about them. They went down there, and I think they lost to them, and then they went and didn't they beat Turned Tampa we on the right back? Now, they beat Tampa, yeah. Yeah, they beat Tampa on the back-to-back. Maybe. Did you catch a good portion of last night's Florida Panthers-Ottawa Senators game? Sure did. Where there was yes, over 160 penalty minutes. I wanted to get the clip. Led, led by the Kachuk brothers, who did their best impression last night of their car commercial yeah that's so true i think missing was mom saying knock it off the highlight of the night was the sammy's talking about the clip where the ref goes to the box and goes this guy's got this guy's got this and everyone else on the ice has a 10 minute misconduct tens he gave that was awesome that was unbelievable i've never seen 10 tens (laughs) doled out and all at once paul maurice on the bench laughing did he laugh he was counting his guys and he's trying his best not to laugh, but he's, you know, him and that wry smile that he's got. He's yeah. kind of smirking their laugh. And what do I got? I got to tell you, look, those Panthers, they're a, they're a lot of team. They're hey, that's a lot a of team. Great expression. That is a lot of hockey team. And uh, listen, they uh, boy. <laughs> couldn't hang. They, last uh, they looked a lot like last year, the Tampa Bay Lightning going after. Oh, and St. Louis Portuzo. Portuzo. Yeah. went after Kachuk. And when there was, yeah, when there yeah. was a, a Kachuk, uh, Matthew, uh, Brady, or, sorry, Brady yeah. mixing my brothers up, going through the crease and giving goalie Bob a shot. Man, I love that reaction. All five of them. Nobody has to square up and throw bombs anymore. But I even like that Just, Brady's digging. 
Well, he you wasn't know? dirty. He just kicked the goalie on yeah, the way by. Yeah, it was by. a brutal play. But the thing he wasn't dirty. I mean, but to your point about just looking like it, that's Kulikov. That's the first man in on him. But Kulikov like, didn't really. He no, was but, but there. He, that's he what did, I mean. Yeah. But Kipper has asked the Leafs to do this kind of thing a million times, where it's like, don't look. You don't have to fight the guy, but like it takes a lot of guts to even get into the vicinity of a simmering Brady I'll Kachuk. I'll give you a head shake on that because when it happened, Kip didn't like it either because it wasn't the right guy. Oh, yeah, so, I forgot about that know, <laughs> We had to fight about that that day. Listen, no, but I ended it with saying beggars can't be choosers. Yeah, that's, that's true. Okay. That's true. Okay. That is the ultimate I'll take it. But then I'll everybody got it. in there and it was a real, but, it was a hoot. You know, <laughs> while we're on the subject, I'll tell you what I, I didn't like out of Ottawa is the fact that somehow, some way, Jake Sanderson felt the need to go and and, and fight Matthew Kachuk. Yes. No, I'm sorry. You didn't like that? No. I just like seeing that he'll do it. No. I, I don't want to see it you, again. Yeah, I know, but you don't need that. You don't need... You already know he's a gamer. You already know this guy's going to be something special. That guy breaks his hand. Oh, I know. And your season is over. Mm-hmm. You need to protect Jake Sanderson. The mere fact that he wanted to do it, great, says a ton of character about him. But I don't, I don't need validation on his character. I already know he's going to be awesome and he's great. I don't need him breaking his hand. You know, Matthew Chuck is really, he is the most selective and not, that's not an insult. He is the most selective player about who he'll engage with. Jake Sanderson, he's like, sure, I'll take that guy off the ice. He's not going to fight Zach McEwen. Connor Bedard in that game that they played when, I forget who it was that pasted Bedard. He went over to Bedard and was talking trash to him, trying to get him to go. Like, you're right. He picks out the other guy on the team. He like, makes their superstars uncomfortable. Yeah. And he's not going to bother with Rourke Chartier. Well, and he's punching Marner in the face for the playoffs last year. You know, like, in, we know how that ended. So I mean, that's Brad Marchand, right? Like, that's for years what Marchand has been, is, like, select the guys who... Don't want it. And so, yeah, Sanderson wanted it. But, I mean, I'm just saying Kachuk knows what he's doing. So, Leafs are home last night. How many guys on the team do you think would have watched that game from beginning to end to prepare for tonight's contest? Way less than I would expect, I think. But not not probably playing Seven. I don't know, some. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just wondering. They're all at home. They're all watching hockey. I can tell you that. Two. Two. Geo and Tavares. <laughs> everybody, everybody, everybody over thirty three. Everybody else playing Fortnite. Yeah. Everybody else playing video games. Yeah. I would think last night would be a great reminder to the Leafs what they encountered in the playoffs and the possibility that they can encounter tonight. Now I don't know, like back to back games, couple of. Bruises. I had the same some thought. Cuts. Is, are they going to want to do that sure. again? And listen, I'm not. This isn't a judgment against Florida's character. If in fact they let mm. their foot off the gas pedal on a back-to-back night, and you didn't get that same piss and vinegar that we saw in Ottawa, there's yeah. a chance that could happen. But I wouldn't hold my breath if I'm the Leafs on that. No, and all we know is the Leafs did watch that game, I'm sure, right? Night before you're going to play him, I can tell you Sheldon Keefe would have been watching, and today Ryan Reeves is in tonight. Is it I think Simone Benoit yeah, is in? Yeah. You know, like I think everyone who's got a little beef to their frame will probably play for the Leafs tonight, anticipating Florida looking at the, the Leafs and saying, this is how you beat this team. Take far it to them. Ryan Reeves is concerned if 
if you can't play him against that team, you can't play him no, against. He's you, in. Hey, terminate that contract <laughs> if he can't play tonight. <laughs> right? Contact yeah. detrimental to the team. Yeah, so he's, he's not useful has to us. To play. No, he has to play tonight. Absolutely has to play tonight. And I think oh, a, pretty hot. Oh, a good decision to have him play. Because, Let's listen. Yeah, sure. We'll talk to listen to the key uh the coach talk about it. Just to build on the game that he had in Chicago. I thought he did a really good job. There's a lot of lot of things in that game that are exactly what we we need from him. Uh, I talked to him, you know, when he was coming out going into Pittsburgh. It was really just my decision and the the 11 and 7 and uh, all of that, but uh, it was not a reflection of his game and in fact we want him to sort of bottle up that game that he had in Chicago and how that line operated together and and bring that uh, forth here tonight. So he didn't even mention the fact that I guess I guess that would be like him before that playoff series saying that there's going to be violence. Can I yeah. probably shouldn't do that anymore. Right. Um one of my experiences video coach with the the Marlies were playing uh Babs and crew was at the World Cup, so we got to run the Leafs for a couple games. Oh. And it, we played the Sabres one night. The Sabres had, like, five heavyweights. And so it was like the Leafs were looking to dress all of their heavyweights. And there was a discussion about, do you want to dress these guys and make it that kind of game when you can't... The Leafs are not going to win that kind of game with Florida. Or are you better off dressing a bunch of speedy guys who skate around and, you know, let the other team chase you? Yeah, they've tried that for six years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're not and, wrong. And you had a general manager to come in and say, uh, no, we're going to spend $14 million and we're going to do it with the likes of Reeves and yeah, Max Domi. Yeah, we are Domi going to engage these guys. But it does feel like a little bit like we are accepting of playing on your terms. This is the game you want to play. We're going to try to play it Yeah. rather than just doing what, you know, the least so, fourth line has been best with McMahon. So here's the biggest issue. I've got with the Leafs so far, and you touched on it a little bit with what you saw, Sammy, last night in Ottawa with Kulikov. Mm-hmm. When when you have a handful of guys doing it, it, it can get a little contagious a little bit, and it can force you to go do stuff that you don't necessarily want to do because you know that within an arm's length there's going to be another guy in the same jersey you're wearing and he's going to bail you out or he's not going to let anybody beat you up and he's not going to let anybody you know wail on you you can see that with Florida that they just they truly feel like they've got each other's backs i will say the panthers for the last few years i've been a little critical cuz their d has been questionable i haven't loved their decor but the way they've kind of remade it this gustav forsling has become a top pair NHL defenseman. Nico Mikola is a second pair guy with big Montour. Guy. Big. So you got Horsing and, and Ekblad, Mikola and Montour, and Ekman Larson's playing with Kulikov yes. in your third pair. Unbelievable. If you had Ekman Larson Kulikov, good. I know. If you had that pair in the Leafs, are they your top pair? So, no. Well, Ekman Larson Kulikov? They're um, the second pair anyway. I watched, and there's a play last night in that game where. Mikola, who you've kind of always liked Mikola. You've mentioned him before. Yeah. He's always been a guy that you liked. And Brady Kachuk's trying to go to the front of the net, and he successfully boxes him out to the point where he knocks him down twice, keeps him away from the front of the net, and Brady gets mad, takes a swing at him or whatever. He just, like, stone face skates away. There's not one man on the Toronto Maple Leafs that's boxing out Brady Kachuk from the front of the net or any guy like that. Right. Like, who's going to be – who's the guy that's doing that? As, as far as the Good question, the the – the feeling like the Leafs have gotten grittier or tougher from last year, it's not there because it hasn't been contagious. It hasn't run through the roster. 
And while we see a glimpse of it uh, through lately on Bertuzzi and outside of Ryan Reeves' a couple of early fights, there just hasn't, it's been the same feel mm-hmm. of this team that they, you're right. Why do we want to dress one guy when we don't have anybody really behind the one guy? We're not a, a pack of wolves here sticking together here. We're just one or two guys. Kip, you go through this lineup, and this is people are going to hear this and go, oh, so negative, so critical. The Leafs are stacked with offensive talent. Like, Marner and Matthews, unbelievable. Obviously, Nylander, Tavares, you guys know the drill. But, like, Nyes, the new guys, like, Nyes is not, he doesn't want to do that, right? He's not a physical guy. It's not his game. Yarn Croc's uh, not wrong. I'd say he's leaned on some guys a little bit. Yeah, I, I think he's physical I, and heavy. He's yes. not an antagonist. No, 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 no. He's not making anybody look twice. He would like to score goals. He would like yeah. to get points. That's his preference, you know? And as he yeah, with I Matthews, get your point. big guy, he wants to do that. Nealander wants to get points. Bertuzzi, Tavares, Bertuzzi maybe. Robertson, Domi, Yarncroc, Gregor, you know, Camp. Like, these guys are not wired in that way. And that doesn't mean you can't win. That's not my point. The point is that it's just not their nature. These Panthers players, it seems to be in their nature. It is natural to a lot of those guys like Lomberg and Kachuk. Yeah. And, you know, they just, like, throw out the lineup. On every line you find those guys, whether it's Cousins or whoever else. Yeah. Uh, Bennett. Bennett's like See, that, for me, yeah. His wires across the best of them. What Ryan Reeves has to do tonight Adjavich, more Stanley. than anything is just have that, that, that fear that something might happen. Yeah. Because I'm here. It's on my watch. And I hope there's a lot of talking. I hope there is a lot of message sending that out of Ryan Reeves. Sometimes, most often than not, when I played, the the fear is the fear itself. Yeah. Like if if he comes out, fights in the first 30 seconds, but then shuts it down the rest of the game, that's not as effective as him being a threat for 50 minutes. You know yeah, what I'm saying? I, you know what? The, the best thing that has happened, and people think we're silly going back to this, but Luke Shen standing there in the playoffs and just going, I'm just here. You know, I'm not looking to fight anyone, but you're going to have to come through and, me if you want to fight someone else. And when someone did, so he beat, beat the, the brakes. Break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Janot, right? yeah. That, that yeah. image was just he as was, strong as anything we've seen. He just stood there between ever, the benches and was just like. As strong as we've seen yeah. in any scenario the last five or six years that yeah. image of luke shen not in, and that's got to be reeves not chasing anyone i'm not going to start a fight but just so you know if you're gonna fight someone i'm gonna be here and you're gonna have to fight me too so uh a thought on but, line juggling at all no well, let's hit a break we gotta get the jovo oh Ooh, yeah that's Ed right Jovanoski. Yeah. Ed Jovanoski, former nhl defenseman going to join us after the break going to talk panthers we're also going to talk hip surgery yeah he had and one pat kane's signing all of this going on oh, yeah, in, in Chicago. Division. And uh, we failed to mention Pat Kane, a member of the Detroit Red Wings, signing a one-year deal. <laughs> we got so much more to get into on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show, and we're glad you're along for the ride. Your daily dose of everything NFL. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Toronto Maple Leafs set to do battle against the Florida Panthers for the first time at home since their playoff series last spring. 
To talk about tonight's game, let's welcome in former NHL defenseman, current Panthers TV analyst, Ed Jovanovsky. Ed, how are you, pal? Hey, guys. How you doing? We're doing great. Uh, thanks for joining us. It, it, I was just mentioning to the guys, what a turnaround for the Florida Panthers, their organization, Paul Maurice. It just seems like uh, it's still fresh in our minds, that, that late season, regular season game where Paul Maurice, I think, called a timeout, if I'm not mistaken, and just berated the bench. <laughs> Came from, unglued. Just stripped them down to the wood. <laughs> and since then, they've been one of the best, most consistent uh, teams in the league, Ed. It's amazing. Yeah, and he, he, he almost finds a good way, a good spot to kind of choose his words. And uh, before the game against Ottawa, he called his team horse you know what and they responded uh very nicely last night in ottawa they played a full 60 minute game but yeah i mean the buy-ins there you know you look at this team they didn't have much you know on the back end with these two horses out of the lineup early on bennett missed some significant time they had to do it as a team collectively they kind of held water there and um you know find themselves in a pretty good spot right now and seem to be firing on all cylinders right now so what you know, how important is the element of toughness or physical play, that engagement from this team to their success? I, you know, it feels like the Leafs are there in a talent level, but there seems to be this other gear of, of edge that the Panthers carry with them. Well, I think it's the depth, Borny. And you look at this yeah. group, the top six is solid. You look at, you know, their third line, this the way that these guys can contribute. And and now their fourth line. I mean, it's, you know, Lomberg and... and um, you know, Gadjevich, this guy wants to fight everyone. You know, is this so? I, I think Bill Zito's done a good job, you know, assembling this group, finding the depth, because we all know you got to have that balance, you know, throughout your lineup. Can't be so top heavy. And now, especially adding these guys on the back end, it really kind of solidifies this group. And Bob seems to be picking up where he left off. He's been, he's been excellent. You can't think of one game where, you know, he was the real reason that this team lost the game. We saw last night uh, a feisty effort and a very convincing win over the Ottawa Senators. Uh, 24 hours later, they walk into Toronto. Is there a sense tonight, Ed, that they could maybe back off a little bit? The Leafs might find a team (laughs) tired or it's just not in their makeup anymore. Take their foot off the gas pedal. Yeah, I think, you know, every point is crucial, as you guys know. So I think they're going to be ready to go. And this one, I'm sure Toronto will be as well. There's not much travel in between games. Yeah, it was a physical game last night. Guys might be a little tired on the back-to-back, but I, I think um, you know you're going to find a team that's probably ready to go right from the get-go. Just the fact you don't want to chase this game because of how explosive the Leafs really are. But uh, yeah, I, I talked to a couple guys um, late morning today, and and just really excited to to play this game tonight. It's always fun going into Toronto and, and playing a lot of family friends in the, in the building too as well. But more importantly, getting points right now for this team is crucial. Hey, what's clicked with Sam Reinhart there? Here in Toronto, we're all, oh, Willie Nylander, you know, Willie Nylander's got 12 and 15 yeah. for 27 points. This guy, Reinhardt's contract year. Yeah, he's got 15 goals and 12. <laughs> Reinhardt's a contract leading the year. league in goals. Where did right. this come from? Well, we always had him. He's got a sneaky score. You know, he's, he's, he'll get hot. And, and historically, his time here in Florida, he's always been that slower starter. Then at the end of the year, he'll have 25, 30 goals. So 
I think this year it's nice for him to really kind of get going right from the right from the start, uh, finding the net. Um, I'm sure you guys heard around the league, just a very smart hockey player. Mm-hmm. Seems to be in the right spot. He's got a great stick knocking pucks around. His kind of goal area is around that blue paint area on that on in that zone. But not the quickest guy, but like I said earlier in an interview, he seems to get there, you know, and he's not the biggest, most physical guy, but he seems to be in the right spot to rub you out. So uh, just a complete player and finding su- success scoring goals right now. It's good to see. Really good kid. Ed, um, we just saw today uh, Pat Kane coming off of his surgery, his hip surgery, and, and signing a one-year deal with the Detroit Red Wings, uh, something that uh, obviously ended your career. Nicholas Backstrom tried real hard to return to the ice after his hip surgery, and it appears that uh, in all likelihood he... Won't be back, uh, certainly this season, but possibly end his career. What have you learned through your experience, and and where do you rate the success of of Pat Kane's chances to come back off of something like this? Well, let's clear something up first. A buyout ended my career, but I still wanted to play. <laughs> okay. Um, it, yeah, it, it's, it's, yeah. I was 38 at the time, and I still came back, was lucky enough to play 40 games or so, whatever it was, but it's a pretty extensive surgery. Um, but it seemed to be like, you know, you're getting a handful of guys that are doing it now. I, I think it's the strongest way, you know, to get that hip ready to, to come back and play. My other side, I have a total hip just the regular conventional uh, hip replacement that there's no chance that you would think about playing, but the hip resurfacing allows you to do that. I think you got to get over that mental edge of, of listen, I, I got a metal ball and socket now and, and that's the way it is. But you know, Pat Kane is an elite player. Um, he doesn't put himself in a position to get hit too often um, and he's going to play with, uh, you know, a lot of firepower in Detroit, and I think he's going to have success. And, you know, I, I think um, you got to be excited to do that because the work that goes along with getting your body rehabbed and your glute firing to, to where it's alleviating that pressure off that hip capsule area is really important, and I'm sure he's done the work. We've seen the videos. But once you get in the game, it's the different story, right? We can, I, I mean, I was skating great until you get into that game and a little tentative early on. But I think for him, just being comfortable and, and not going to put him in a position to maybe they give him rest here and there in those games. But I, I know for him and I know the surgery that it's it's very doable for a guy like him. You know, it, it is crazy, though. Like, you know, you mentioned Nick Backstrom, but also Ryan Kessler, Carl Hagelin. Those guys didn't manage to come back from it. You know, actually, Jovo, I think you played the most games or up there of people who've had the hip resurfacing. How much is it in your head? You know, like when you're trying to just play hockey again and, you know, like Klingberg had a hip issue here, didn't get the resurfacing, but seems to be bothering him. That, that hip thing for a hockey player is just such a crucial instrument, isn't it? It is, and and before the surgery, just going to all lengths. I mean, I went to Germany and had you know the hip guru there of injections of the PRP. Yeah. Where I was there for a week, you know, getting that done. But yeah, it's definitely a mental, you know, it, I guess the recovery. You can look at it from a total hip to the hip resurfacing, where they actually slice your whole glute muscle open. So the recovery yeah. on your kind of glute muscle healing versus you know, getting a, a conventional hip, 
You know, they're, they're cutting, they're not cutting through muscle. So I think getting over that and now getting through the strengthening part and getting on the ice, you know, that's the easy part. I think the first little pit is, first little bit is the area where, you know, sometimes, you know, it does get long and you're like, damn, what am I doing? And, you know, I've had a, you know, decent career and this and that, but when you're not ready to hang them up, I think you're just kind of going to all push it to right to the max to see what you can get out of it. But just to leave you with one thing on that. And I, I asked the question, you know, what's the risk? And the risk is basically you break your, fem- your, your femoral neck. So it's the bone that's attached goes down into the femur that attaches into the femoral head and you snap that bone and now you go into a total hip. <laughs> so I guess, I guess weighing all that, you're just like, okay, it's, it's worth the risk and you're going to go out there and play. So there are risks and you're well aware of them. But um, at the end of the day, uh, it seems to be working out for guys. This has been Orthopedic Surgery Hour with Ed Jovanovsky. Wow, that's right. <laughs> that was unbelievable. I get so many calls on this hip surgery. Yeah. That, you know, you know do more the players than doctors. Do other players call you? Other players do call me, yeah. So a lot of these players that have had this surgery, I've spoke to them before they've had this surgery done. Is this more than anything just wear and tear, or was there a specific incident? Well, I think, you know... A lot has to do with the labrum, and we know all the labrum. You know, once this is a tear, um, you know, do you get it fixed right away or do you play through it? A lot of the times you get the pat on the back and say, yeah, you're good to go and, and this and that. And before you know it, your labrum's macerated and you got nothing there. And then the bone on bone starts, and then you just start getting impingement that you just can't deal with. You can't tie your skates. You can't get down. You can't even get down to play with your kids. So it gets to be a long, grueling. Your days are long. You just hate life, and it just it's just miserable at that point. And then kind of leaves you with the no option other than this procedure, you or you get a total hip done. So I think when you go to where at HSS where I had this surgery, it's called the hip prevention center. So you go see Dr. Kelly, who fixes your labrum, but he told me your playing days are done. Go see my buddy in the back. He'll do your total hip. So. I mean, yeah, there's areas where I think time, guys, when you get your hip done and it prevents getting to this stage, absolutely. John Klingberg has to pretty much make a decision here. Uh, I think he tried an injection and it didn't really settle it down. What would your advice to be if, if you haven't already talked to him about it? Well, I think you seek all the answers. You just go to everywhere and and, and I think you get you get all the doctors. I think the good thing about, you know, our league, you're allowed to go get second and third and fourth opinions. And I think if they all come to the conclusion that a certain procedure is needed, then you, you know, you head that direction. Um, My biggest thing to guys where I talk to, it's more, and I was different guys. I mean, I was towards the end of my career. I was 38, 36. And I came back, it was 37 when I played, um, I think just the quality of life. I, I think that's what's more, you know, for me, I know a couple of guys are younger that still feel like they can play, but, you know, sometimes it just, you're not able to do so because of, of the severity of the injury. But I tell you what, I, I'm a big advocate for, for this surgery. Um, to this day, um, I don't have any issues with it. Obviously the, the wear and tear is different uh, than playing every day on, on the ice, but, 
Uh, I think the advice overall I would give to him, I think you try it and see where it goes and just maintain that positive outlook that you can possibly play again. Well, we'll keep an eye on Patrick Kane, $2.75 million for one year, pretty low risk for the Red Wings. The Red Wings are now 11-6-3 after three straight wins up to third in the Atlantic, you know, right behind the Florida Panthers. Where do you think the Panthers fit into this division? You know, Tampa Bay is tied with Detroit. The Leafs are right behind them, like a lot of good hockey teams here. Where do you see the true talent level of this Panthers team? Well, I believe it's up there just because we, what we talked about earlier, just the depth of, of, of the of the group. You know, I, I think they're a well-balanced team that, and they got solid, you know, veteran leadership. Um, you look at the game a guy like Barkov had yesterday, the way he controlled that puck, knocking guys off pucks, stealing pucks. Um, I, I think this team has suffered so much in the last couple of years you know, being that close to winning the cup last year, especially how they did it throughout the regular season, well-documented how they got in and, and just how they played in the playoffs. But they taste it, so they're hungry. They're going to be in every game. Um, they're going to work hard and, and try to get there. But I, our, the vision is so tough, and I don't think you can afford to be inconsistent because you just find yourself really chasing, you know, the standings throughout the year. So I think they know that. They kept that in mind. They don't want to repeat what happened last year, and they're off to a good start this year doing that. Dr. Jovo, we really appreciate your time. Is there any <laughs> chance that we can uh, book a, a three-month follow-up with you? <laughs> Absolutely, guys. Anytime. Anytime. All right. Sounds awesome. Awesome hey, stuff. If, 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 I guess if being doctor didn't take 12 years, I'd probably maybe look at it. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. A little late now, eh? A little late. 12 years. That's not bad at all. Become a doctor these days. Jovo, thanks for doing this. Ed Jovanovsky. All right. All right, guys. NHL defenseman, almost 1,200 games in the National Hockey League, doing a terrific job covering the Panthers for Bally Sports. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating stuff, but it does highlight to me the challenge. Oh, okay. You back now? No, you're not back. Okay. Uh, It does highlight the challenge of coming back for Patrick Kane. You know, like... He said a lot of nice things about Kane and, you know, in terms of, like, he's a great player and he should be fine. But then he starts talking about it. And, yeah, you're trying to get your glute firing again because they cut your muscle. Ah. Like, it's a whole rigmarole to get back to normal. And I'm sure it's on your mind the first few times you're playing competitive hockey. I mean, talking about, you know, what's at risk, too. Don't tell me that hasn't gone through Pat Kane's mind. Nick Backstrom obviously had to make a very tough decision. Think about now the contract that he still has on board, the vision of of playing with Ovechkin chasing Wayne Gretzky's record. Think about just how he feels waking up every day. He wants to play. And weighing out playing, not playing, pain, pain tolerance, risk, quality of life after you play. That is That's just so heavy stuff. And especially since he has reached the heights, won three Stanley Cups. He's an all-time American legend. Like Pat Kane we're talking. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. He's yeah. got like the, he's got the, the, you know, the stuff. Like he yeah, doesn't yeah. need to worry about it. He's with Backstrom. He's won the cup. I know, I know the, the travel, the trying to be with Ovi or whatever, but he's got that, that with him. I don't know. I just, to me, the, when you're as accomplished as Backstrom and Kane are, 
I think you kind of have to start looking out after and being able to like walk around on it. I mean, I think so too. Right? I, that's got to be a huge priority. Uh, the the Kane thing is interesting though, fellas. Like Detroit is not a team you would list in the top eight teams you think has a cup chance. Kane is presumably trying to come back and win a cup, but this is maybe an organization where he sees a fit for him in terms of getting minutes and opportunity on top of a pretty good team. Like, I think if Detroit loses their last three games instead of wins them, he doesn't sign there. I think it's as simple as that. I I think there's a couple of options here for Pat, and that's if there's some writing on the wall that Detroit isn't going to be contending for a playoff spot. Early enough to say, can you ship me? One more time. But... They paid 2.75 for a draft pick, potentially. God, that's I, I, I don't know. But, a great angle by Caprios, eh? Um, yes. You know, there's, but the, that's, might as well be a million miles away. What is in front of him is, can I play and what kind of level can I get to? Mm-hmm. That is what everybody. Can I make myself valuable if someone wants me asking. on a contending team? Correct. He's going to get opportunity there. That top six can use a guy like him. The team has scored pretty well this year, but there's definitely an opening for a guy like him to help produce offense. And, oh, go ahead. No, finish was, your thought. I was just going to say that this is a this is a directly affects the Leafs situation. Oh, yeah. Signed with a team that is on the rise, is right in front of them in the standings, and, I mean, I have to say makes them better. Right, like that's a that's a move oh, that better, that's yeah. a move that Treliving looks at with this division and goes, oh crap! Like that's you have to respond to that. I don't know. Anyways, okay, a uh, couple minutes left before we take a break and and go national on our next hour. But I just wanted to get in back on the Leafs a little bit and close this thing out going into tonight's game on the line juggling. We touched on a bit on it yesterday. Uh, the extent is flipping Marner and Nylander uh, between Tavares and Austin Matthews. Let's go to Sheldon Keefe for the line juggling clip two, and then I want to follow it up. One group's really rolling. You try not to disrupt that. Um, as we talked about a lot yesterday, felt the timing was was right. Um, but it's a question. You know, we'll, we'll watch and, and we'll see. I, I, I touched on this briefly yesterday, but I just want to reiterate it. I would have Nylander, Marner, and Matthews all on separate lines. Yeah. Okay. That's what I wanted to see. Oh, I wish. I wish. You know, that's why, allowed. You know, I, I I feel the same way that it's like in hockey, you tend to be rewarded or demoted if you're playing well or not playing well. It's not illegal for whether it be Marner or Nylander or whoever to play a game with Gregor and Camp or something who are pretty good players or to play a line with, you know, a game with Listen, Eyes and Domi. I know Gregor. Can't hit the side of a barn, but well, I would, I would reward him every once in a while. I and know, bump give him, him a, a I give him a couple of shifts with Austin. Let him wet the beak. Okay, hundred uh, percent. The guy skates hard. He'll go get you the puck. He goes and gets you the puck. Move him up. Yeah. Even like sometimes you watch Matthew Nyes, he's struggling. Back him off. Yeah. Like this. Don't uh, have to throw him back out there all the time. It's so funny that two years in a row now. Keith has looked at this team and been like, okay, Matthews Marner, Tavares and Nylander. All right, we've hit a wall. It's not working. What if we go Tavares and Marner, Matthews and Nylander? And it like, there's no third option or fourth option. Uh, you know, like, can we get something else? Which kind of leads me to the understanding of the 
where their heads were at with the whole buildup of Willie being a centerman at oh. training camp and oh, then derailing it. Minutes. And then derailing it because Fraser Minton came along. Fraser and Minton. listen, I get it's it. A tough you, one to look you, back you, at. You want a reward, but it would have helped if you would have stuck with that to make decisions today. That's my point. Minton thing doesn't look great right now. Right now, I just I don't I, I was it to build up his stock and a potential to move him. Was it because what he, did Willie play one for, exhibition game at center? When you talked maybe, about it, maybe one. Yeah, but that's I, I'd like to see Matthews, Tavares, and Willie for first three lines. Under toi. Show, show me that. Yeah. Show me that tonight. Let's try something. I else. think if there was ever potentially to be a new coach that would come here. That would be like the first thing they would do. And everybody would be like, oh, Oh, you can do that. That's impossible. You're allowed to do that. Yeah. But I guess they don't love the Willie center thing. It was really weird in training camp looking back on that. But, yeah. I uh, I would love it, too. They they, they literally said at the time they were going to give it some run. And then they (laughs) cut it real short. Give me a feel tonight. Leafs against Florida. Can they match them? in, yeah. in, forget about physicality. Can they ma- match some intensity with the Florida Panthers tonight? Yeah, they play up in these spots. Okay. Yeah. Anthony Stolarz goes tonight for the Kitties. No goalie Bob. He gets the night off after pitching a shutout last night against Ottawa. Okay, we still have a ton to get into. We'll figure out what Kyle Davidson's saying about Corey Perry mm-hmm. moving forward. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about the Calgary Flames. And their big win last night against Vegas. Plus, who wants out of Columbus now? Somebody else wants to get out of Columbus. Maybe the franchise wants out. Oh, plenty more. Real Kipper and Bourne. Don't go away.